Welcome, bienvenue to this Fantasy Tools podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Okay, we are back for what I guess we would call section two of this pod series. Um, in this pod, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of guys that are closers. <laughs> um, we're, we're, less, we're less sure about these guys. List, Drew Pomerantz, Matt Barnes, Rafael Montero, Richard Rodriguez, Hector Neris, Alex Colomay, Giovanni Gallegos, Mark Melanson, Stefan Crichton, Archie Bradley and Roberto Asuna. There are also a few guys that we might have slotted in here if we were ultra-completists. <laughs> I'm not... Unlike <clears throat> unlike the previous pod, I'm not feeling the urge to talk about these guys. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Seth Lugo, Trevor Rosenthal, Ryan Yarbrough, Diego Castillo, Jordan Hicks. You can fill in your, you can fill in your own we, blanks on those guys. <laughs> we don't need any more uh, discussion on them. Um, I, I'm less confident in this order. I think I would consider this whole group to be one big tier. So here we go. So here we go. <laughs> Drew Pomerantz. Are we the kiss of death? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, Drew Pomerantz is on the IL <laughs> right now. Um, as a second player. Sorry about that, Drew. Yeah, we got to stop reviewing San Diego closers is the <laughs> it's the bottom line. We are at least kryptonite for the San Diego closers. Oh, well, you, do you want to give a, do his stats? Uh, I can do his stats, sure. So Drew Pomerantz currently 2020. He's pitched nine innings. He's appeared in ten games. He's got four saves, so he he did actually have some closer value there. And let's just skip to the important ones. He's got a 12 K per nine and a three walk per nine. That's exactly what you want to see from your closer. He was pitching really well. And I watched the um, August 18th game. Looked good. I mean, quite frankly, the last last memory of, I have of watching him was in a Red yep. Sox uniform. Did not look good most games. Quick side note. I always, I don't really see... When I'm like watching a pitcher, I don't really see whether they're right or left-handed. But I will... Like be like that's a weird angle. Sure. All the come to play that, you know. Wow, that's weird. How did that happen? And then, uh, then it's like, oh yeah, no, he's he's southpaw. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he looked pretty confident. He was hitting his. He was. I'm not really hitting his spots, but the pitches were looking pretty crisp. Um, he kind of looks like a Southern Chandler Bang to me. That's interesting. Also, a gigantic one. Oh yeah, no Chandler. Yeah, Chandler Bang, not in during his drug having days, but during his. Well, I mean, Drew Pomerantz is six six. Older age. He's, <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, when you're on the mound, it's hard to tell that someone's just that massive. But um, I'd love to see Drew Pomerantz next to CC Spathia. <laughs> we got to get some size comparison here. I mean, slightly different shapes, but like they're big guys. Both big guys. Yeah, Drew Pomerantz does have that look of just like I was really athletic, and I'm just holding on right now. <laughs> Yeah, but 
probably why he got hurt. Yeah. But this, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We're talking about this in a couple of ways, dancing around it. But um, we're really starting to get to the stress test of the season. Yes. Where pitchers are falling apart. Yeah. And um, Drew Pomerantz, I guess, is just one of those guys that always has felt like he's kind of made a glass. And I think we're just going to keep on seeing more pitchers falling. And the ones that stay in are going to be either the just like, I don't know, the workhorse guys that just always bang out a bunch of ins with a 4.5 ERA, or they're going to be just elite, elite, elite pitchers. I I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. I think that saves are just so hard to predict this year. Just nothing makes any sense anymore. <laughs> and I refuse to watch any more San Diego closers, just for the record. Who are not going to do... Uh, isn't it? Who, I don't even know who it's going to be. It's Pagan, isn't it? I believe... Yeah, but Quantrill got oh, the save. Oh, did Quantrill the other get day. the save? Oh, I was okay. Good for Quantrill. I've I do have a soft spot for Cal Quantrill. It's a closer by committee. So. Um, oof. Yeah, no, don't pick him up. That's our advice. That's pretty good. I mean, what else right? is there to say? Like, we can keep talking about Drew Pomerantz, but I, I mean, there's no reason. No, no point. Matt Barnes. I'm sorry, but we we have to talk about Matt Barnes because he's going to be a closer on a team that. I would say it's a pretty good shot at saves this year. It looks likely the close. I would say they they look very likely in the you know the the punnet crossing squares here of like is he going to be the closer and is this team going to get a lot of saves? I think we're leaning towards the like yes closer and lots of saves opportunities. Do you think there'll be a lot of save opportunities in Boston? I don't think there's going to be blowouts. That right, 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 right. Yep, it's going to be a middling team, so there will be a lot of close games. You want. You want middling team for your save opportunities. I mean, they they proved it. They proved it this past year, right? Where where Matt Barnes gets top ten in saves. So his twenty twenty stats. He's a full time pitcher. He he's a full time reliever for them. Racks up 100, 102 batters faced, which is basically on pace for he he basically put in on pace for a whole season. Twenty three innings pitched. Um, he gets thirty one strikeouts in that. Better than I would have expected off the top of the off the top of my head. Uh, whip a one point three nine, ERA of four point three zero. That's what I, more what I was expecting from Matt Barnes, and nine saves. That's a lot of value this year, actually. Yeah, if you extrapolate that out. So that's ridiculous. He's kind of regularly bad on ERA and WHIP. Like this is not the guy that I would like to be. Say that I am running the Red Sox organization. I do not want this guy to be my the guy with a four three whip. What? <laughs> I mean four three ERA and a one point three nine. Right, exactly. If that was a if that was your fifth starter, you'd be like, okay, I guess that's fine. His best season whip is one point two two. That's atrocious for a closer. <laughs> like you don't want that to you don't want that to be a bad season for your closer, <laughs> much less. Like the, the best, best one of his career, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. And he, he's been around. It, it's he's got seven seasons for the Red Sox, so he's a known entity. I mean, like, yeah. What is twenty eighteen was his best year? So what do you see? I mean, uh, what what are we seeing as as his saving grace here? Like, he 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 does get K's. He does well on K's, and he he has good fastball velocity. He whiffs some guys, but. He, he's bad on the walks. He walks a ton of guys. His exit velocity is bad. He gives up a lot of hard hits. <laughs> his, and he gives up a lot of barrels. I mean, 
I, I'm not sure. And like, I, I mean, this this just has to be a scenario where it's like the Red Sox don't have anybody else, right? Yeah. And that, that's it. But that immediately concerns me because then he's a guy that gets replaced very quickly. You very well could be. Yeah, you might be picking up who you think is going to be the closer, and you know some guy is going to come up underneath them. Yeah, that fastball velocity is the only thing that's elite, and that leads to a high K percent. But it also leads to, uh, as as you noted, a lot of other stats that are not good. There's nothing interesting. His curve spin is low. His barrel percent is low. I mean, the the thing is, is he's. I think that he he'd be a decent. He's a decent setup man, or like, um, even a long reliever, or someone who is kind of the fireman role he's not a great closer yeah i mean let me let me give you a positive i guess he appears to be durable as a as a reliever yes yeah though i mean that is good um he's, he's gonna be trotted out there <laughs> but i mean that's that's kind of that's kind of what i got for him <laughs> i don't i don't expect him to i don't expect him to turn it around i do expect him I, I guess I don't expect the Red Sox to invest in somebody else, so I anticipate that he'll maintain some of the role. But we were talking about this before we recorded, and you watch him, and it's just like, okay, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, he's in the Chris Sale style, but not Chris Sale. Yeah, more control, which is nice, but then it's he just kind of falls flat. I don't know. We both we both clicked on the savant random video and immediately saw a wild pitch. So, well, you know. oh, this is not a good sign. <laughs> is he? We and individually we saw wild pitches. So, yeah. like, is that is that how much control does he have? Not enough. Um, well, I meant his his. Uh, I was specifically saying his um, wind up and pitch is under oh. control, oh. whereas Chris Sale <laughs> is a whole lot of limbs going in directions, and you're worried about him. And then he breaks. Sure, I, right. I I think Matt Barnes is boring, <laughs> boring to watch. So he's someone that, but you know, as you said, I mean, if he gets, if if he's on a twenty five save pace, well, I mean that that's he, my he, big fear with this good. is that, like, somebody's going to have to draft him on opening day, or somebody's going to have to draft him right in fantasy. Someone's going to have to draft him. Someone will own him. And what, and. Where do you draft him? Because not only is he not good, he could lose the job. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, Brazier is not going to take that job from him. I don't well, know. I know. They're, they're, I know. Their depth, their depth chart is, like, <laughs> laughable. Unless the Red Sox sign someone who's out there. But it doesn't seem like they want to spend money. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm. he's going to be a later round guy that you're going to. Don't depend on him being there when you want him there, because I bet you a lot of people are going to have to reach to grab him because they don't have a closer or a second closer. Right, and and that's part of what I was what I was saying is that I think I think we can be helpful in help in thinking through this because if you look at the projection systems, he's projected for a good number of saves. So if you don't if you're not if you're not going in with some sort of plan, somebody's going to pick Matt Barnes, <laughs> who's just like looking at the projections and it's like, Oh, Matt Barnes could get 25 saves. Like I got to get that guy. Yeah. And we're suggesting not to be that guy or gal. I am very much suggesting to not be that person who picks Matt Barnes. (laughs) If you're, if you're really worried about saves, like 
pick somebody earlier than Matt Barnes. Like, pay up to get somebody better than Matt Barnes. Are you, are you done on Matt Barnes? Did you need to say anything else on Matt Barnes? I don't need to say any. No, I don't need to say anything else about Matt Barnes. We already <laughs> talked about him far longer than we should have. Rafael Montero. You want to you quote his line for us to start? I would love to, sure. Okay, all right. And then I'll before I get into opinions, Rafael Montero, closer for Texas, faced 72 batters this year. He has an ERA of 4.08. He's got a whip of 1.02. He strikes out only 19 guys out of the 72 batters faced. Not that great for a closer. Uh, but he gets eight saves and he walks six in this over 17.2 innings. So scaled up to a season, uh, those are good numbers. Those are numbers that I'd like. Mm, um, outside of the ERA piece, yeah. Yeah, but we just reviewed Hector Neris last week and we agreed to overlook ERA. <laughs> yeah, we agreed to overlook it because, one, he's he has a high strikeout rate. And two, it looked like that's more of an more likely to get better next year. It was uh, he was unlucky a little bit. I don't know if that's see, and and I would go straight to the BABIP number this year for Rafael Montero to say that he's not un, he's not getting unlucky. He had a two thirty eight BABIP. So you think he's getting lucky? He's getting well, lucky to be able to have the ERA that he has. Oh, I mean. Whereas it was the it was Hector Neris had a th- like three fifty eight or something against him, uh, complete opposite side of the spectrum. I, I mean, I think that Rafael Montero. Well, I do want to be. I just don't think that he's that. Well, good. I okay. Yes, I didn't finish. He's the exact. He is the exact example of even a bad pitcher can get saves. I did not finish the rest of my statement, which is that. If you okay, look at every single other line that Rafael Montero has, it is bad. <laughs> if you look at it's bad. if you look at every other year, I mean, you got to worry immediately when they highlight you as one of the top losers in a season on on Statcast, right? So they they give you rankings of like where you fit in these. Yeah, okay. So in 2017, he uh, he had a lot of losses. <laughs> he had the 13th most losses in the NL. As a reliever, that's really bad. Yeah, that's not good. You don't you don't like to see that. Uh, so I guess he's he doubt he he pitched a lot of innings that season, but oh, he started some games that season. Okay, so he got he got some losses that way. That's not great though. You don't love to see it. So I think I I when I when I initially suggested that we review Rafael Montero, I was kind of. Ex- kind of cautiously excited, like, oh, maybe this is somebody that we should think about for a closer next year um, that could be cheap-ish but still get a bunch of saves. I don't I don't feel that way anymore. I'm more worried about him. And, and honestly, even my first look at him in under StatCast felt good because he's got the pitch mixture that I want from my closer. He's got a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got a, stri- a slider with a big velocity difference he's got a workable changeup. he throws a sinker sometimes i think is his other pitch yeah, yeah he throws a sinker sometimes is another pitch so i i like the how that looks but it's obviously not right. coming to fruition for him <laughs> no no it's it's clearly not do you like watching him 
watching him, do you feel like that's a, a pitcher that you trust? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's I, there's something something He's bizarre about Goosey. It, he moves slowly, sort of. I, yeah, the wind up. I feel like his wind up is pretty. Maybe maybe we've just been watching so many like frenetic pitchers. <laughs> like where it's yeah, there's not a whole lot. It doesn't leave a whole lot of confidence when you watch him watch him pitch. He totally looks like a middle inning guy. Well, he's. He's been, yeah. He's also only six foot. The Rays would not want him. No, no. So somebody's got to. So somebody's got to put him back in a middle inning role. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but I think that this, what we're going, what we're getting to is like, Texas is always the interesting black box where there are a lot of saves to be had because that team is always. I mean, the team is rarely so bad that the closer for the Rangers has no value. And they're usually, it's offensive-minded. So, the, I don't know. The games always are, like, a lot closer than they should be. We should take a look at, like, the save opportunities oh, that's a good idea. by franchise and whether or not there's um, some sort of correlation there. That's a good idea. I like that one. But Texas, and then I was looking at their depth chart. Who el- Who is... Who are the other players on there who could close? I'm not sure who else could close for them. I mean, they kind of, they kind of, it's, that's how I feel every single year about them, though. Donathan Hernandez, is that the number two guy right now for the, for them? Yeah, but that you're right. That's the way that you feel about them every year. And then there's like this other guy that's behind the main guy. And, and then he comes up and he's terrible, too. <laughs> Yeah. What's the last last Texas closer that was really good? Really good? Who's your guy that Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't answer that question. I've like Texas for for years in fantasy has been just like I don't know what to do with this team on the closer. I know, I know. On the pitching side well, in general. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, um that's a bad that's a bad picture. Hector Neris. Hector Neris. Uh not the worst 2020 season. No. He, he actually had some pretty pretty remarkable numbers that came up here. Okay, so he this is his age 31 season, so we're going to be working with him for a little bit longer. Appears in 24 games, 21 innings, 21.2 innings pitched. Excuse me, don't want to shorthand that. He's got a, a 26.2K percent, 12.6 walk percent. Don't love that. He got five saves this year. He doesn't... He's sort of a little bit more in the classic closer mold in that he's going for higher he's going for higher strikeouts and he's actually succeeding because he's got a really nice barrel percentage. You could tell I'm looking at Statcast today. <laughs> yeah. Wow, only six point three. That's that is pretty good. Only four barrels the entire season. I mean that's what you want your closer to do. If if your closer is geared towards strikeouts. Which I think you know we on this podcast advocate for strikeout closers, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his whiff percentage is yeah. He's in the ninety seventh percentile on whiff percentage. This kind of bums me out that Hector Neris isn't more relevant for fantasy. You know, you look at these stats and like, I wish Hector Neris was doing better. <laughs> right, but it comes right after his walk percentage. <laughs> well, you don't love his walk percentage. And that no. And the thing about the walk percentage is that it's five points higher, four points higher than it's been at any other point in his career. <laughs> so we think there's a chance that, that this could 
go the other direction. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think an age 31 season for a closer is not when you expect any sort of fall off. So I don't know if he just no takes takes longer to normalize and he needed more he needed more time this year and just didn't get it. So right, for his career he's like a low threes walk per walks per which isn't good. I mean that's not that's not great for a closer. Um one out of every three outings he's walking somebody? No, you don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. like to see that. Especially if his Yeah. And then his left on base percentage this year was oh, wow. <laughs> it was not as good as as his career. Ooh, is that just what last year? No, 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 no. That's why 2018 is a bit of an outlier. Um, his Babbitt, the the Babbitt is 381. That's not going to be the same thing next year. No. So, I mean, in some ways, I think you 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 have pointed out, like, this is his 2020 numbers, like, aren't actually as bad as they, they might look. His, his ERA of 4.57 and... Where the heck is his whip? 1.71. Yeah. I'll put in the bet box right now. Both of them are going to be lower. <laughs> I'm not going to take that. I think I totally agree they're both going to be lower. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think that that, I think that there's, there is some upside here You're coming off of a down year. I mean, but I don't know that he's going to be that much closer to the 2019 version, which was a 293 ERA and a 1.02 whip. Well, look at this. He's been bad every other year, so 2021 should be a good year. Every other theory. I, 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 do, I do like the other, every other theory. I know you like a good every other. Slump. Yeah. Can he stop walking, guys? I think that's a key question. Also, can the Phillies put him in positions to get saves? Can the Phillies put him in position to get saves? Can he stop walking people? And can they play good defense behind him? Exactly. Like I actually... I was thinking initially going into this, like, we might need to put Hector Neris on a good team campaign. <laughs> so what team would what team would be good for him? Um Rays. And then he then he loses all save potential. <laughs> well you yeah, exactly. You need a killer you need a killer infield. Right? Because he's trying to he's trying to keep he's trying to induce weak weak contact. He's well, he's trying to is, miss and then get weak contact. Um Is Andrelton still in isn't he still in California? I don't know. I think, what was I thinking? He got traded. Um, he's still in California. I mean, pff, maybe that's... LA would be a good well, spot he, for him, right? I mean, what if he ended up on the Angels? They need they need somebody. Who do they have right now? They always, they always <laughs> yeah. need somebody. I don't even... I don't I actually... I feel like we've already talked about who they have, but it can't be relevant. Oh, Hansel, Ro, Hansel's, Hansel Robles oh, yeah. already made his way over there. Uh, yeah, let's, let's trade him over to, to LA. A good spot yeah anthony rendon and andrelton simmons i don't know who's playing second so i'll actually say that i feel more more confident after this review session in potentially being a hector Neris owner yeah picking up in the like 20th round <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna yeah obviously i'm not gonna pay a ton for him but uh is is there you know we've been reviewing pretty pretty lackluster closers <laughs> so this is kind of a welcome Kind of a welcome change, like oh, somebody with actual closer potential. A lot of people with warts, right? Yeah, a lot of people with warts lately, and I think that there's a good chance that I think that he's Hector Neris is much more like his 2019 season, which is 293 ERA, 1.02 WHIP, 89 strikeouts in 67 innings, 28 saves. I think 
yeah, I think that's we're going to be a lot closer to that. Probably an ERA in the three, right? Threes. And that would be that would be quite nice. I would have. I'll take a three point two five ERA with that strikeout rate. Yeah, exactly. Three point two five ERA in your closer. Like you don't love to see it, but it's not going to throw your fantasy week. <laughs> All right. So what do we want to do for? Okay. Whip next year. One point two. Are you taking the over or the under? Uh, over. Fine, I'll take the under. Wow. Well, every other theory, every other theory. Let's put it Let's in. Do there. it. Alex Colome, currently of the White Sox. I'm. I would be very curious. Do you think he ends the season on the White Sox? No. Okay, me either. 2019 <laughs> stats for Alex Colome: four wins, five losses, 30 saves in 62 games, 61 innings pitched. So they used him a little bit more normally. A little low for a closer here. He's got an 8.11K per nine, but he had a 2.80 ERA, which is pretty solid, and he had a 1.07 whip. So he's getting the job done. Yeah, he is getting the job done. Um, he jumped onto the scene and was like, in our first season, we talked about just how valuable he mm-hmm. was as a um, starting pitcher eligible relief pitcher. Part of the reason the Bastardo strategy was um, researched, named, etc. Bingo. Well, he came. I mean, he came off that Rays team that was doing the first experiments in weird pitcher utilization. Well, they weren't even. Well, that was why he's gone. Actually, was because he became a closer, yep. and he had had he had a really really good standout first year, second year not as much, and then they're like. What are we doing this? What are we doing, guys? Let's get rid of him. I think the problem is that he, by some metrics, has gotten worse every single year. Yes. Yeah, by a lot of... Yeah. By, I would say most metrics, he's gotten worse every single year. He stunningly still manages to get the job done, and getting the job done as a late-inning reliever uh, is not is going to get you onto a team that wants to be in contention. And... The White Sox are not that team. No. No. He But he's yeah. far more of a K Rod yes. oh, yeah. type guy than a Craig Kimbrell kind of fellow. Oh I <laughs> Yeah. K Rod guys and Craig Kimball fellas. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. That's that's absolutely right. And you can see it if you just watch him pitching, right? He pitches with what appears to be zero intensity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about zero, but he he is kind of a cool cat. He throws a lot of junk, doesn't he? I mean, his he throws a lot of cut fastballs, and his his four seamer is is not nothing to write home about. I mean, tops out at ninety four, ninety five. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I mean, that's is is generally not great. <laughs> but if he's able to be consistent and get those guys out. Yeah, he kind of mix. I mean, he mixes up his mixes up his fastball pitches. A lot of cut fastballs. Man, I did not realize how many he was throwing. Well, I mean, Mariano, a lot of cut fastballs. It worked, but doesn't he doesn't he throw a slider pretty regularly? He's not throwing. He wasn't throwing a slider. He wasn't throwing the slider as much last year. Boy, he throws basically zero changeups. That's amazing. And his changeups ninety one miles an hour. So he just throws his cut fastball and mixes in some four seamers. Well, I guess that's the idea is that to to make it look slightly different. You don't need to have a change up if you're doing the cut fastball. It's a little bit slower, it rises. Yeah. 
rises. I, I know. I know. Air quotes. I know. Uh, yeah. So I do not have a lot of confidence in this year for him. And I think actually this review session has been very productive in that I, I don't really, I don't really want Alex Calame. Why do I feel like I'm, I'm going to say the same thing and then all of a sudden he's going to be on my team. <laughs> He'll um, be on both of our teams. The this big, year, yeah. But the thing with him is if he was on the race, I would want him. He's yeah. on a 80 win team. I don't want him. There's some 80 win teams though that it's like, you know what? They're just, when they actually use him, it's going to be great. Yeah. But I've, I don't really trust the White Sox. I don't think that they're going to be in a lot of games where it's going to be decided by three runs. No, I mean, but they're, they're using, but the thing is the White Sox have demonstrated a track record for using him like a closer. So I guess I've talked myself into the same thing that you were just saying, which is that I, I tend to like teams that, I mean, from a, have an actual from a fantasy standpoint, it makes a lot more sense when you know exactly how your pitcher is going to be used. But you're absolutely right that the White Sox are not going to get into that many close situations like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I um I would say my only my only strong bet that I would put on this is that he will be worse than last. Ooh, ooh. How do we? No quantification. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that. No, You're that's right. the fun part. Is that at the end of the year we look back on this and we argue. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I think he's going to be the exact same. You think he's going to be worse. same or worse? That's a wow. That's just even closer, even better argument. Yeah. Excellent. Same versus worse. Which he could rise in value just by playing. Um, and other other I, pitchers I kinda, not. I, okay, okay. All right. In a relative sense, I agree. Cards bullpen, Giovanni Gallegos, and Andrew Miller. Technically, I suppose to complete it, we should have reviewed more cards relievers, but I'm happy with these two. Mostly because... I actually want to review Andrew Miller. I like to check in with him and every once in a while because I like to see yeah. if he's is he actually a useful fantasy tool. Like what happened to that dude from that from his elite seasons? <laughs> and then there's yeah. kind of like, well, they're also throwing saves at Gallegos, so maybe we should talk about that guy. I like Gallegos a lot, and what's funny is I hadn't really looked at him um, this closely, just kind of in data space. <laughs> He what's yeah, funny I quick if you were to take if you were to hear the names Giovanni Gallegos and Andrew Miller <laughs> you'd probably and you take the faces off them and just watch the bodies pitch I'd probably switch them I would have guessed Giovanni is the um southpaw with like a really wide open kind of pitch delivery yeah. and Gallegos is just like villain in a kid's movie kind of <laughs> pitcher approach i i love that description i you know i find the two of them to be fascinating to look at because of how like weirdly similar they are in stats in stat space but they're on the opposite um opposite deliveries opposite right? deliveries but they're but they're what they materially turn up in stats is very similar i mean if you look at the two of them they 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 have this same pitch distribution in that they throw they throw a lot of sliders which is which is anomalous for closers i should say they throw a lot of sliders and their fastball is really their second pitch mm. wow well t- i mean for Gallegos, it's like 50 49 sure yes i yeah i agree with that but 
that's that's still weird for a closer pitch breakdown. I mean, the pitch that he threw more times this year was 85 miles an hour. True. So wow, that is. They both ended up with four saves. <laughs> like the st- first of all, the stats are kind of freakishly similar. They both pitched in 16 games. They both <laughs> they both got four saves. They had K per nines of 11.08 for uh, for Miller, and then uh, 12.6 for Gallegos. These guys are really similar. <laughs> like, what am I missing here? Like, the delivery looks totally different, but in terms of outcomes, they're really similar. In terms of outcomes, they're really similar. That's, wow, the, I guess, Gagos has more of an up and down. Because I'm looking spatially. I'm looking at the distribution in StatCast. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, pretty interesting. It's just, like, downwards. Uh, you can see... I'm, it's got more of an XY, not XY, a uh, vertical distribution. X, XZ type distribution. I think we can call that Z. Uh, sure. And then Intermiller's slider is um, a little bit more horizontal as distribution. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess they're sort of similar once you when you look at them in 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 data space. It is fun looking at watching the two pitchers how different they are how different the deliveries come in. Yeah. And I think I I actually kind of like the Cardinals bullpen usage in the sense that recognize that these two pitchers are so different. We should use them when the situation dictates which one of them we should use. Obviously it's a nightmare for fantasy owners. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's just terrible. But I don't think that <clears throat> I think that their hope is that long-term Gallegos is guy because Andrew Miller is um, older and has shown some wear over the last couple Andrew, of years. I guess he's not that much older. No, Holy he's five moly. years older. I mean, this this is my whole point, though, is that, like, Miller... Well, I was thinking Gallegos was 24. Oh, no, no, no. And he's no. 29. <laughs> Miller is... I <laughs> Miller's kind of over from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I, which... Last two years... Last two years, he was in the fours for ERA, which is terrible for a reliever. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to. Uh, yeah, he just really fell off after that 20, 2017 season because he got overused in Cleveland. I don't know. He threw the same number of pitches in twenty nine, similar number of pitches in twenty nineteen versus twenty seventeen. He was used pretty heavily in twenty sixteen in the postseason. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I guess my point is like, I actually feel like Andrew Miller is over in fantasy. Yes. And my question then is is Gallegos interesting in fantasy? It's obvious that they're it's obvious that the Cardinals if they retain these guys are grooming Gallegos to be the closer. I think so. I think that he is interesting. And this was a I think this was a totally um I think that this was a good year in the progression towards being a top 10 closer, which is to say I was just going to say that he's got to do it in the next year or two, though. I mean, I think he very well might do it next year. I would, I would probably draft him, assuming that as long as the he's in the conversation for closer in um, February and March, even if he doesn't have the opening day job, if he's in the conversation for, it, and even if they say like at the very like last day, it's like okay, well, you know, Andrew Miller is going to be the closer this year. I'd probably be like, eh, well, Giovanni's probably going to end up with a job. 
as long as there's no one who's clearly ahead of them, if they trade for Bryce Iglesias, if there's someone who's clearly ahead of them, I would probably stay away. But I think that Giovanni is going to end up the closer for the majority of the 2021 season. And I would like that. Mm -hmm. I I agree with that. I, there's a couple of things that worry me and that he doesn't, he doesn't have a very, he doesn't have a super closer mix distribution of pitches. And I, I don't, I don't love that, but, but that said, it's hard to argue with the numbers when he's still, when he's still getting it done in terms of K rate and his K rate, this year was high, but it's not anomalously so. So uh, I think that if they just switch him to, well, if he throws that fastball, that fastball isn't, if he throws that fastball more like 60% of the time and that slider less often, I think that that starts to do something. But yeah, four-seam fastball that has a lot of spin. And it does have a good amount of spin. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly getting the whiffs and... Yeah, I I actually am inclined to agree with you that Gallegos is is going to be a good pickup next year, but got to really watch what's happening in the Cards bullpen because they've obviously demonstrated that they don't feel any allegiance to the any traditional closer one role. single person. Yeah, so it's going to be a real challenge for us, but a good source of pickup saves probably on the cheap. Yeah, no, I I definitely have him in the back of my head as. Um as a player that I think could end the year as a top 10 closer, who you're going to get outside of the top 10. <laughs> yeah, definitely get them outside of the top 10. I think it's also, it is also just a circle back to what you, you started with. He is weird to watch. <laughs> he doesn't, he's kind of like, I don't know. He's, he's sort of noodly out there. Gallegos. Yeah. He's, he's got that like crap, crack the whip kind of, the delivery would you know that i don't know he just does seem like the 90s um villain <laughs> yeah uh yeah yep the atlanta bullpen how about Mark Melanson, that atlanta bullpen? will smith shane green what order do you think is appropriate i mean mark melanson is if we if we just go off of what's been happening in the playoffs mark melanson is the only one to get a save of those three so far will smith has a win which i guess is nice and Shane Green has just showed up for two games. Yeah. I mean, so are you talking about the order in which they should appear? In? <laughs> I'm saying if you were the GM, who would you have set as your closer? I mean, probably Melanson. Why? I mean, he's he's the safe choice. But, okay, let me let me just run let me run through their stats here. I'm only, actually, I'm just going to no, give you one stat for, for each one of these. I'll, I'll give you some salient points. So... Mark Melanson was basically the closer, right? He appeared. He got eleven. Yep. Got eleven saves this year in twenty-two point two innings. Uh, he had an ERA of two point seven eight. That's fine. Good for you, buddy. A, a WHIP of one point two eight, a K per nine of five point five six, and a walks per nine of two point seven eight. That's not great. Shane Green, to draw the contrast here, no saves, but he's got a six point seven five K per nine, six point eight three K per nine. Excuse me, and a two point nine three walks per nine. Will Smith actually has a 10.13 K per nine and appeared in, they basically all appeared in the same number of innings pitched. Will Smith, however, <laughs> has a has a beautiful 4.5 ERA. And I just had his whip and then I lost it. Uh, 0.94. So I, I'm trying to say that I actually would pick Will Smith to be my closer. I mean, I get it in data space. When 
as you described that. The reason to not have Will Smith as your closer is because he had a couple bad outings where he got where he got rocked. And but that's what Will Smith does. I I know and and you know what? When you watch him, <laughs> kind of looks like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just rewatching them pitch a little bit. You feel pretty good about eighth in it. You feel. And you watch Millions and pitch, you're talking about, we've talked about the most reliable pitchers or kind of power pitcher guys. Back of the bull, back of the bull. Just Will Smith has always been someone that it seemed tantalizing. He just can't quite be reliable. I mean, look at his. I, well, yeah, sure. I guess the, I mean, the thing about picking Melanson is that if I had, if I look at the three of them and have to pick the closer out of the lineup, you're like, it's Melanson. <laughs> like that dude just. That dude just carries himself like more of a closer, even though I find that to be largely unearned. <laughs> Man, I say that about Will Smith, but his career has been pretty good. I just feel like I've always owned him when he's had that downturn. His career, Will Smith's career has been fine. I would say aggressively fine. He gets a lot of Ks, but he's got an ERA that you're the one who harps on the fact that like, well, you can't actually have a high ERA and a 1.24 whip over your career and be happy about that. Right, like a 1.24 whip. You're the, like, if I've learned one thing about you and your philosophy of closers during this whole review session, it's like if your closers got a whip of more than one, they shouldn't be a closer. It's true. Um, well, it's not one, but it's <laughs> it is pretty close. But the last two years, I guess he has had. I'm going off of old. I'm going off of 2017 bias, um, wherein he didn't pitch, and before that, he was the guy that I'm thinking of. But the last yeah. two years in San Francisco, he. Um, and then this year. Well, I, I mean, the thing that worries me is that maybe Will Smith actually needs to be the named closer, right? Because the difference is that he was the named closer in 2018, 2019 for the Giants. Those are the only years that he's gotten saves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark Melanson's gotten really saves every year, and teams. I consider him to be the opposite. I am always terrified of Mark Melanson, and I still also think of him as a pirate. I do, too. I I. I do as well. But I think both of us agree Shane Green should not be your closer. I think if I learned one thing from watching any Tigers games <laughs> from 2015 to 2019, Shane Green should not be your closer. Even though you have repeatedly relied on him as your closer in fantasy. I have only one time. Okay. And that was the yeah, Just every, every week it was like, is this going to be the week where he blows up? <laughs> and he didn't. The, the reason that they're interesting is because these are guys that you can get in your fourth Cheap. closer spot because <laughs> they're going to be available. Right. Right. Because yeah. like wherever they land, it's going to be highly uncertain how they're going to be used. So if it's late, if it's late, late draft next year and you're like, I really need to take a flyer on some closers. Like, I think you could probably safely pick any one of these three guys and expect to get some saves. If they're on a good team. Especially yeah, if they're if, on a good team. Let's say, if they stay in Atlanta. Of all three stay I in think Atlanta? If all three of them stay in Atlanta, probably two of them will stay in Atlanta. And that'll be a good committee to have one of the pitchers from. Because you know that they're going to get some saves. You know that they're, well, I Shane Green got none. Well, Will Smith over, got zero this year also. I mean, it was over a full season. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. I would. I wouldn't draft any of these. Guys. Um, fair. In most, unless it in, was a flyer at the very end of the 
and and I felt like I had kicked butt in the draft. I probably wouldn't draft. Any in most guys. leagues, they're going to be available for you late, right? They're going to be available yeah. for you on the waiver wire. Yep. Stefan Crichton. Well said. Jurassic Park's Stefan Crichton. Uh, he is nominally going to be the closer in Arizona this year. So they say. I guess. Sure. I have no data points to suggest otherwise. Let me give you his statistics here. Uh, he does not have a lot of he does not have a lot of seasons under his belt. He did not pitch in the majors in 2018. He did in 2017, also 2019, 2020. In 2020, he faces 109 batters, goes two and two, wins losses, 2.42 ERA, 1.19 WHIP. He logs five saves over the past year across 26 innings, over which he got 23 strikeouts and nine walks. He's just lucky that he's in a closer position, right? <laughs> yeah. He has a low K rate. Yeah. He has basically no fastball spin. No. He has a really... He's only good at barrel percentage. Like, he's only good at stopping people Avoiding from hitting the ball really hard. <laughs> well, wait. I mean, this is a thing that we, we had talked about maybe wanting to add in here um, into our analysis was, like, the pitch finger, fingerprinting stuff. Look at look at his two pitches. He two pitches. Sinker curveball? That's not a closer mix. I don't know why he is a closer. Like I legitimately don't understand why he's a closer. He doesn't throw hard, right? He tops out. He's basically topping out at 92. He throws two pitches. He and and people don't ball. whiff on him. A curveball is a great I love a curveball. We I mean it's, third it's part of my love. What? As a third pitch. Well, right. As a, I guess, as your strikeout, as your go-to, every once in a while, strikeout pitch, use it 15% of the time, and it is just deadly. I mean, that's part of the reason why I fell in love with Cole Hamels, was that, that curveball. I mean, and his good looks. Other than those two things, I mean, what does he have? Millions of dollars. Okay, anyways, I'll stop. Um, but it, sinker curveball for a reliever i mean for for someone who's a closer isn't isn't really right i we've talked about this before the curveball is something that you kind of really need to be pitching a bunch to be able to find the strike zone with it effectively to have other people swing at it it's just it just it just doesn't seem to be a smart pitch to have as a closer and if you see where he's where he's throwing it it's not really in the strike zone well i think I was going to say, that was going to be my comment. I think it's bad. I have a new thought, which is that it's bad if you have a pitcher who can't hit all corners of the strike zone. Like, yeah. there's no evidence to suggest that <laughs> Stephen Crichton could put a, a ball in the upper half of the strike zone if he wanted to. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and you wouldn't want him that's to. really bad. You wouldn't the, want him to. If my point is ball left up there, sinker left up there. Sure. My, my point is, is just like, that's bad. If you if you have a pitch arsenal that doesn't allow you to use the whole zone, <laughs> that like, uh, it's not good. He gets a lot of whiffs on his on his curveball, forty four point six percent. I mean, but there again, this is one of those things that we were talking about with like um, James Karinchak. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna have another season to look at him and know like he can't hit the strike zone with his curveball. So why am I gonna swing at it? So here here is the reason. 
that he is the closer. It's because the guy behind him is Kevin Ginkle. Excuse me? Which is to say, Arizona just has no bullpen. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, like, I'm not expecting big things out of Arizona this year. Like Archie Bradley's gone, right? So they're just they're just really running on fumes, which makes it kind of interesting from a fantasy perspective because, like, they're not that good of a team. They're probably are going to be save opportunities. They, it seems incredibly doubtful that Crichton is going to hold on to that for any period, any long period of time. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing that he managed to get five saves last year anyway. Yeah, so what was he going to get this year? He's the 39th um, relief pitcher in Fantasy Pros consensus. But I sort of, I mean, I sort of think that's about right in the sense that, you know, if you assume that every other team has a closer that's better than him and a few backup closers that are better than him. <laughs> How do you like this name for Chicago White Sox? Aaron Bummer. I know. Aaron Bummer. Kind of, Aaron Bummer. I, uh, what a bummer. <laughs> Aaron Bummer. He's, he's following up. He's following Liam Hendricks right there. Yeah. Yeah, I should I, say. We, I mean, did you, was there anything about his actual, um, when you watch him pitch, is there anything about him that you like? Uh, <laughs> no. Is there anything you like about it? I mean. No. There's, not, there's nothing distinct. There's nothing really that distinct. I mean, it's like there's a lot of players. It's like slight sidearm. Um, he looks like... No. I, I really don't want him on my team. I don't want him on my team. How late would you would you let him slip before you were like, mm, fine? I really don't know. I mean, I'd have to have nobody. I, I, I'd have to... I really... I'd have to have my starting lineup full. And then I'd be, and if I had picked someone who didn't look like I was entirely sure they were going to start the season as a closer, I would I would take him. Okay, that's exactly like, what I would do. If I had Colome, if I like picked Colome oh. and he still wasn't signed, or he was signed in a situation where it was like, well, he's actually going to be the setup man, and you're not for long, I would I, I might pick up Crichton and be like, okay, well at least I have a, you know I have a half dollar and and a quarter so it's almost a buck <laughs> sure sure i Six accept eggs. i accept that archie bradley i feel conflicted because i've i've liked archie bradley for a long time and it just has turned out that he's he's not very good <sighs> yeah he was the can't miss prospect yeah but as a starter many years ago right as a starter and, but he always got hurt. And we're obviously not talking about him as a starter. <laughs> we are talking about him in a year that we are doing review uh, relievers. Um, yeah. Surprisingly younger. So he's a fastball curve changeup. Yeah. Yeah. Do we? Do you want to give a, a stat line for the year? Well, sure. I mean, he's 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 doing great. He's had he's had one win. <laughs> he's appeared in three okay, saves, in four games. Yeah, three saves, and uh, his K's per nine. I mean, this this is what you want from Archie Bradley and what he came up as a prospect. His K per nine so far is thirteen point five. It's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, that that is that is pretty good. I mean, this this is what people saw in him, right? Is that even last year when he pitched seventy one innings, his K per nine was ten point nine three, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where you want your closer to be. 
Yeah, I guess we're still at the point where we want to look at 2019. He's only he's only yeah. appeared four times this year. I think we're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that considering that he's only appeared four times this year, his numbers are fairly converged to where they normally are. <laughs> <laughs> Pitchers that do that are pretty good. Um, so he's a fastball curve changeup pitcher. His changeup is used rarely, six percent of the time in 2019. Um, four-seamer, fastball. But he's also got a sinker, which I guess is also a fastball. Oh, wow, that's not used a lot. Um, what do we, what do we, what do we think of him in, in data space? Uh, well, I think that, I think that he's, he's tantalizing. Like, he's, he's basically always at an ownable pitcher status. Even when he's, even when he's not, when he wasn't getting saves, he was still a somewhat valuable bestardo yeah he was he was someone who was getting a lot of strikeouts in a um low amount of innings which is which is great if you can have that i mean we we've been beating that drum of of you should be owning guys that um can add strikeouts without hurting your era and right yeah that 2017 year man that was a that was a good year as a reliever it's always funny. I mean, I was saying this before we we started of, you know, looking up the YouTube highlight reel. You always can tell what year was a good year because you'll have, it's like Archie Bradley 2017 highlight reel. And it's like, oh, that was not last year. But things, but things that Archie Bradley has done in the meantime grow a fantastic beard. He is high up there in the bearded, um, bearded closer rankings. <laughs> Of all time, we need to we need to make the bearded closer rankings. That's a pretty good one. The, I guess it should be a follicle. Um, just any, <laughs> yeah, sure. Any sort of facial. I hair. mean, so what? I guess what don't you like about his numbers last year? He had he appeared in sixty six games, eighteen saves. You know, it's kind of whatever. Good number, great number of Ks. Very durable. He pitched seventy one seventy one innings, seventy basically seventy two innings. Three point five year you don't love that. One point four four You don't love that. His you don't you do not like that. <laughs> um you know, as I was just saying, you, you want someone who's not gonna hurt you in the ERA and whip conversation. If you have someone who's going out there as a, a not always closer as Epistardo getting a couple of, of saves, you can't have him ballooning your whip somehow each week. You know, I have this, this This is my TGFBI team. You, like, look at it, and it's, like, a couple of guys are killing the whip, my whip, even though they're getting, like, f- together, like, four innings. And Archie Bradley's doing that. I mean, it, right. I guess we should we should be talking about this. I'm, I'm guilty of steering this conversation slightly away from the fantasy lens because, like, depending upon your strategy, Archie Bradley could be a very bad pitcher <laughs> for your fantasy team. Uh, for yes. the for the exact reasons that you just outlined, which is that, especially in small no- and especially this year in small number statistics, if you have one guy that's inflating your whip, that can throw your entire team's whip off. But I think, and, and but the, it's a trade off thing. So last year, I don't think that that was hugely valuable for the to have a one point four four whip with an 18, 18 saves. This year, he's his on pace. <laughs> 
on pace this year is really weird. But he's he is their closer. He is going to get the saves. Um, so even if that and that whip is a little bit lower, even if that whip does go back up to like one point five or whatever the heck it, it's going to be, if he is the closer for the for an MLB team, that's worth it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing this year is that like any name the value of any named closer is through the roof. <laughs> this on pace stuff is so funny. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? You're stuck. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, it just is historically he's been someone who his career got derailed by injuries, mm-hmm. but he seems like he's in the right role by not pitching. Well, he's only on a he's only on a one year contract. I see. He's still, you know, this is what I said at the beginning. He's he's younger than I always think. Like he's twenty eight. I mean, no, he's he, so he's yeah. somebody that we're gonna have to deal with for another four or five years. <laughs> if he's a closer, it might be ten. Yeah, exactly. Like this is somebody that we gotta we we gotta come to some conclusions on Archie Bradley because we're gonna have to continue to think about him. Are you gonna have this conversation in twenty twenty six of like <laughs> Hi, Archie Bradley's back <laughs> <laughs> after he misses two seasons for injury or something. Roberto Asuna. Why did I think Roberto Asuna was like a couple years older than this? Because he was relevant a couple years ago. It's amazing that he was like, is he really twenty five? I apparently. I mean, how was he? Yeah. How was he, he? Was relevant in twenty fifteen? <laughs> like that's insane. Do you want to do the caveats, or do I want to do the caveats? The caveats of we're talking about his baseball stats, not not who he is as a person. I think we have to just implicitly understand that (laughs) we will acknowledge the fact that there is a reason that he only faced 16 batters this year uh yeah it is amazing he i mean he was relevant in 2016 he had 20 he had 20 saves in 2015 i would argue he was relevant in 2015 (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah no he's i guess he was he was relevant in 2015 as well that is young yeah i know that's why like in my head did not. This is somebody we're going to be talking about for ten more years. This is insane. Yeah, like twenty thirty. He's going to have it. We're going to be talking about Roberto Asuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already had the, uh, and we've already had the second chapter in his career, the Houston chapter, yes. which <laughs> I know we're gonna we're gonna have the um, the editorial column and and at some point in in his career, there's going to be the like article about how he's changed his person and how he's that's related to how now he's on the field he's doing better blah 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 i mean how i yeah i these numbers are really good <laughs> like mm-hmm. like he's a his numbers are amazing yeah he's a really good pitcher he's the the issue is that the off the field stuff ends up distracting from from who he's a pitcher and when the app yeah. when the off the field stuff ends up taking away games and having a direct impact on the number of games that he's going to be able to play. And then thinking about like, you know, if he's in a courtroom and then on the mound, that's a hard transition. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even now, right. We're like, we're not, we're, we're struggling to discuss his baseball stuff because it's like, well, we got this other thing that we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, even those numbers, I mean, look at, look at this 2019 line. 38 saves and a .88 whip. And it's like, <laughs> like what, what else do you want from your closer? That's exactly what you want, yeah. Yeah. 65 innings. 2.63 73, ERA. 73 strikeouts. Like, this is great. 
exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So let's, I mean, I think that the conversation is he is, and, and he has the kind of stuff that you would want a closer to have. He's got a good four seam fastball. He's got some junk pitches to throw in there, slider, change up, curve, all at about the 20%. So a sinker that he doesn't really throw that often, um, to, you know, but he's doing four seam fat, four seam fastball. And then he's got a little bit of junk to throw four seam fastball, a little bit of junk, depending on the pitcher. I mean, hitter. Yeah. I think that he's a, he is a good closer. The question is what team is he going to be on when he was on the Astros and they're doing well, that's great. That's exactly the kind of team that you want him to be on where he has a whole lot of opportunities. 2019 was the ceiling. I'm not sure. That 2020 is the floor. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure that the team that he's on matters that much. Honestly, I think that, you know, his, I think that he drives his own value and the team is going to be a small change. Well, I mean, I dis I disagree with that because the ceiling gets higher when he's on a good team because the number of saves that he has is going to increase. And we, I mean, he had thirty nine saves on the twenty seventeen Blue Jays. Like mm-hmm. they're not that was not that good of a team. <laughs> thirty six saves on the twenty sixteen Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, fair enough. I mean, there are going to be opportunities even in there's light even in the darkness. I think, I mean, I don't, I just, I agree with you that the team matters. I don't think it's quite as simple as like good team, bad team binary. Yeah. I, I still think that well, he, he needs to have the, I still think it matters more that he has the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess if, if he goes to the Rays, it's bad. <laughs> like, I mean, the 2016 see. Toronto team was pretty good though. He's, he's six two. The Rays could pick him up. They might allow 2016 Toronto team. Don't, yeah. Don't sleep on the, on those Joey bad seasons. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're bad. I mean, but like the, how many saves would he get on like a twins team versus like how many saves would he get on the, the Dodgers in some world where they part with Kenley Jansen? I don't think it's that different. Okay. Well, the, okay. That, I mean, I was saying that versus him ending up on Red Sox. <laughs> the uh, pirates. Okay. But the pirates are singularly bad. Like, don't put somebody on the Pirates or the Orioles. <laughs> like, well, the Marlins. What do you think he's get? What What would he do on the Marlins? I don't know what he would do on the Marlins. That's a great question. So this one, I'm, I was saying, like, if he ends up on the Mets, the Phillies, the Giants, um, the Pirates, if that were the case, those are NL teams. I would hope that our league is kicking him out. Um, but Angels, I would be concerned about the number of saves that he was going to get, and then. And then his his value, but geez, yeah, I mean he is a he's a good pitcher. You watch him, you see someone that you know. I trust that um, I trust that delivery. Trust that delivery is going against him in a playoff playoff games. He, it's deadly. Yeah, I mean he's such a good pitcher. <laughs> will he will he pitch? Will he consistently pitch? Um, you know, Raldis Chapman is pitching, so <laughs> I mean. Raldis Chapman is pitching and changing people's luck in fantasy, so... True. I don't know. I mean, it it's hard, right? Because he's the guy that you would draft as, like, top four closer if you knew that he was going to pitch all the time? He's good, yeah. A top, yeah, I was going to say top five, but you're right. So, just, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see where he goes. We can, I mean, we can keep punting. We can keep kicking the can down the road, but, like... <laughs> I feel feel like fundamentally it either comes down to like you're going to draft Asuna because you think he'll stay on the field and you're willing to overlook everything else or 
you're not going to draft Asuna because either you you feel strongly about it or you think that he won't. You just think that he won't stay on the field. Do you think he'll be? Yeah. So here you go. What's what's the, what's the number at? If I said he's going to be a top eight closer, he's going to be a top eight closer for year. sure. Not for where, sure. Where do you give but, pause? If I say top six, um, let's see. Would I draft him six? I don't. I don't think so. But I'm not sure how much of that is just my philosophy on like where to draft closers. Well, this, I mean, within the closer system, I'm not saying is he can like draft in top hundred. No, no, no. I, I I hear what you're saying, but like within the if we're just we're having a draft where we're only allowed to pick closers, I think that I um I I don't know. I'm not sure where I put my where I put my closer value on him i do personally feel reservations about drafting him <laughs> i do I, I do as well yeah but like somebody with somebody with no scruples is going to get him and he's going to have an amazing season very well could yeah he gets signed by the dodgers and then ends up being the guy or the i don't know braves twins yeah <laughs> braves oh yeah that would be the team wouldn't it well that was fun michael time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah, yeah.